Hello, beautiful souls. In this podcast, I had the opportunity to interview Heather Serna, who is a authorized level two Ashtanga yoga teacher. She is a truth seeker, always looking for growth. She knows her purpose here is to find her true self. And she feels that internal freedom and inner peace comes with this connection to self. She believes that we are all mirrors and through others, we reach our true self, which is very interesting because she is a reflector, but we will go into that in the next podcast. I also wanted to just let you know that this podcast is a little choppy, but it's such a beautiful interview that I did not want to redo it. So if it feels a little choppy to you, it is not you, it is the recording. So again, thank you, so grateful you're here. I hope you enjoy. Do you spend all of your time building and maintaining your business so that you achieve the success you envision? Do you feel frustrated, unfulfilled, and have a loss or disconnect from your creative flow? Are you a conscious leader that is ready for change when it comes to society's views on money, wealth, relationships, and what prosperity truly means? If so, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Provoking Prosperity Podcast. I am your host, Miranda Mitchell. I am a 2-4 Manigen who is here to empower and equip you to step out of the box of social norms, guide you into using your voice for inspiration and impact, and support you in finding what prosperity means for you so that you have the business and life that fulfills you. So grab that cup of coffee, get comfy, and get ready to hear the heartwarming and heart-wrenching personal stories, all things human design and jinkies, plus tangible practices that you can implement right now for your personal and business growth. Hello, beautiful souls. It is Miranda here with my beautiful friend, teacher, I mean, just a little bit of everything, Heather Serna, which I have been honored to meet and actually work with a little bit within the Ashtanga community. And for all of you that may know, Ashtanga was my first step into healing. So Ashtanga and Ashtanga teachers really have a a deep place in my heart. So this is really why I tried to bring these teachers on. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you and I appreciate that you're here. Thank you, Miranda. It's an honor. Thank you so much for having me on here. Mm -hmm. Um, I always love to start with getting to know you a little bit. So if you were to just sit back and take a breath for a moment, not anything planned, (laughs) um, where did, where is an experience that or tell us an experience that has really propelled you to where you are now okay I I mean if I had to pick one point I think it's something I'm going to start off this way it's something I always felt that I didn't really belong and I know a lot of people probably say that but I I could get along with everyone but there was always something inside me where I'm like I still haven't found it or something more, or I'm not really like them, but I can get along with them. So I was always seeking. Um, and something that stood out, I think was probably, wow, I, this is the first thing that came to me. So I think this is right. Um, when I started realizing, um, and not, even before I got into yoga, that I, when I got into psychology, And, um, that's my major, but even before that I was dating someone that had an addiction and I didn't understand why someone would get addicted to something and someone like me, why wouldn't I get addicted? 
And I think that's when it got deeper and deeper because from there I went on and on and on and through psychology, through yoga, through spirituality, through traveling and more. Hmm. So when you say when you went on and on and went into yoga and spirituality, what did that truly give you? Meaning, purpose. Um, so also at the time when I got into yoga, I was, I just graduated or I was in my last year of my four years of graduation or my last year, excuse me, of, um, my bachelor's degree. And the plan was to go be a doctor or, or a therapist or professor in psychology. And it still didn't feel right. And I was already taking yoga and reading all the self-help books, spiritual books, and something called to me to go to India, not for yoga yet, just India. And um, I happened to tell Ali or my teacher at the time, I'm going to India. I'm going to work probably volunteer at an orphanage. And she said, why don't you go to Mysore? And then that's when I got, I mean, I was already practicing yoga, but that's when it really took the next step you know, where I'm like, okay, I'll go to Mysore, but I don't really practice Ashtanga that much. She's like, don't worry. They accept beginners at that time. It was a little different. And I went and that's when I came, I I knew that's all I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to travel more. I wanted to be a teacher only. I didn't want to go back to school and yeah. And here I am. So it seems like that you followed that guidance from Ali and you're talking about Ali Ford, correct? Yes. Uh, So you went to India and then everything kind of opened up for you with realizing you're wanting to travel and not really go back to school. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about um, Ashtanga yoga, what Mm -hmm. it is, what it entails, and then um, your love for it? All right. So Ashtanga yoga. So Ashtanga yoga it's breath with movement, synchronized breath with movement. So it's very physical. And, um, but not only it's physical at the beginning, because you have to memorize the poses and you have to, uh, you build. Okay. So traditionally there's many ways of looking at it. So how I came into it, I started doing Ashtanga yoga as a guided class where everyone's doing it together. I wasn't crazy about it actually at the time. So I actually enjoyed the other classes. But once I went to Mysore and I learned it the traditional way, I totally saw it in a different way. It spoke to me. I totally, it it was like um, just more meaningful and more approachable. And I understood what it was about. So traditionally you practice Mysore style, which is a method that you learn pose by pose by a teacher, a qualified teacher, and you start building your own self-practice. So for me, building your own self-practice is beyond just asana or yoga postures or physical, it's then deeper. You have to go really within every day, getting on your mat, stepping on your mat every day, no matter what, or at least as much as you can. Like I would say five times, six times a week at that time. And it's like therapy on my mat for myself. Um, Getting on my mat, no matter what I'm feeling, um, releases like, and, um, things that no longer serve me taking layers off of me that I don't need anymore, really learning about myself on the mats, each posture for me. And I think everyone has a different approach to it, but for me, each posture represents something about me, how I handle a posture, how, what's going on in my mind at the time, or even any injury that pops up for me to me is a reflection of me, of my inside. 
And to me, that's why I love the practice. And it's not like I absolutely love it every day. I mean, of course I love it because I know it's good for me and it works. It's a great tool to have to, um, to be a better person, to be my better version. But um, there's times that I don't like it, but not because the practice itself, just because of whatever I'm going through at the time. I'm like, not a fan of it. I'm like, oh, I don't want to get on my mat, but I know that it's good for me. And I know, yeah. So, but if I, that's my personal approach of it. Now, Ashtanga is uh, a sequence, breath with movement. Each posture benefits the next posture, building up. Right. And so then you slowly learn each pose. Gradually, you build on, build on, build on, and you have your own practice. And it's pretty, it's like never ending. It's never ending. Even if you were just to do half primary, it's never ending because there's always something coming up. You can always make something better. And I'm doing that in quotes, but like there's always room for improvement because there's breath, there's um, bandhas. There's the actual posture, which is connected to bandhas. There's drishti and every day is going to be different. So it's like a never ending practice, even though you're doing, still doing the same posture over or same sequence over and over again, it's never ending. And even if you do complete, there's still the next posture in the next sequence in the next series. There's my long version of it. <laughs> I don't know if I answered it correctly. Maybe it's all no. over. Well, yeah. I mean, there is no really correct answer yeah. just for who, who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there, and as I mentioned before, Ashtanga has been a huge part of my life, although the physical practice has definitely not been in my life for a while. It's more yeah. of the pranayama. Um, and sometimes there's guilt that comes up with mm-hmm. not going into that. So can you connect with that? Like, because a lot of people do... Mm-hmm. They love the practice, they do the practice, but then they get to a point that they feel like they have to do it a certain way because of certain aspects that it used to be taught. What is the new way of it being taught that you're yeah. teaching it? I think that happens to all of us. I think we all go through that guilt. I feel like we do, or at least most of us. Cause I, I went through that guilt too at the beginning in many layers, like guilt if I ate too much the night before, or if I ate labor, I didn't practice, or if I couldn't get to a certain part of my practice in time, why are they advancing? They started after me, you know, stuff like that. And that's ego, right? But, um, but yeah, you do feel guilty at the beginning. And I think it's hard. I think it's that everyone has their own journey and it's up to them when they're ready to realize it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) like all that stuff doesn't matter. Really what matters is, am I happy? Am I healthy? And do I still want to do this practice? And if I do for me, when I ask myself, I don't really ask myself that. I just know, um, I know that I'm going to want to do this practice, but that doesn't mean I'm doing a hundred percent every single day, but that doesn't mean also that I shouldn't do a hundred percent every day. Like, so I have to be really honest with myself, like, okay, do I, what do I want right now? Do I just want to do some citation A's and B's because that's all the time I have. And like, I have so much going on in my life. Um, but am I being lazy? Is that why I don't, I, so I really ask myself this stuff. And then if it's, I'm being lazy, then I'll push myself a little more. I'm going to be honest with myself. Taking accountability is really important. So I think it's really important for practitioners to eventually become their own best teacher. Right. And that's what we're all supposed to be doing, regardless whether you're in a or not. You know, the guru is within us. 
Um, so I think that's what happened to me where I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds lovely. I want to do all of that, but I have to be realistic. I'm in a different journey than some of those people. What works for me? What makes me happy? What do I feel good? And am I being honest with myself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's how I work with students. Everyone is an individual. I work with them. So one person, I might try to like push them hard because I know that's intuitively and physical, like from what I see, that's what they need and wants. Some people, I might let them like, okay, yeah, you only come once in a while when you, when you can, or don't worry about it. Just do what you can. I want you to like be happy. You know what I mean? Like, and so everyone is on their own journey and, and cause I know that through my own experience, but also I think, and we're probably going to talk about this from being a reflector or being intuitive, I can feel what it is that they probably need or want right now. So I try to guide them in that way, using their energy as well. It's a combo of things. So I think it's really important that it's not black and white. There's not just like, this is the way. And if you don't do it this way, you're not a true Ashtangi or you're not doing it the traditional way. That's no, I mean, unless you want to be a certified teacher and that's your goal, there you go. Like you, you maybe, right? But otherwise, if you just want to live a balanced life where you're happy, healthy, um, and you're trying to be the best version of yourself, you got to do what you got to do and you just find what fits you. Using mm-hmm. this practice, you can do that. Just don't stress out about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and don't judge don't yourself. Ruin your life. Yeah. So basically it's having the practice without an expectation to an outcome. Yes. Yes. Which is what the practice is about. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But then we get caught up in our head. Yeah. Oh, I have to get to Kapotasana and I have to do it and do all these things. And yes. (laughs) I mean, I still have moments like, wow, I've been practicing this long. I could be already doing this if I was practicing like hardcore every single day. And I was like still going to India every year. You know, I'm like, I do go there, but I'm like, you know what? It's okay. This is where I'm at. This is where I'm supposed to be right now. So I'll do what I can right now. And phases are all phases too. Maybe I'll be there next year. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be wanting to do it hardcore and going to India every year again and all that, but I, it's fine. It's just right now. I know I'm in my grounding like I want to ground, I want to build my MISO program. I want to um, uh, build a life here, uh, have a house, you know, so it's a different type of energy. And so I'm going to be a little bit more gentle with my practice with myself. And I think it's like that with everyone. Everyone's going through their own phase in life. And, you know, you have to adjust to that, learn to adjust. And you mentioned building your, uh, first, I want to say that first you mentioned that you wanted to travel and do all the things that you did. Yeah, and now exactly. you just mentioned that you're like, okay, I want to ground yeah. before staying here and get a, get a house. Right. Yes. And you know, I mean, with the way that you teach, that is going to be how, how you actually teach mm-hmm. the students that work with you, which here, that's what people need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Here, so Talking about your Mysore program and wanting to build that. Where's the Mysore program? What does that look like? Okay, Mysore program is at the Yoga Village in Countryside or Clearwater area in Florida. Um, it's every morning, Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m., meaning that's the time frame. You can come anytime between 6 and 8 a.m. 
And um, two times a month, I teach a lead class on full primary on Sundays at 7 a.m. to 8.30. And that's usually on schedule or I announce it. Um, and what my store, it's going great. I mean, I've been teaching Mysore for many years, but here at Yoga Village, I started teaching October, 2020. So right after, like still during the pandemic, but when things started opening. Um, so it's been, you know, it's been interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the core group have been around for a while from maybe some from White Orchid, mm-hmm. some from the yoga room. But, you know, the thing about Mysore, at least in this area, I'm noticing ebbs, big time ebbs and flows, but that's in everything. But um, the core gets big and then it gets small, then it gets big and it gets small. And that's fine. Um, But what my um, what I'm focusing on or what I'm knowing is that that core group eventually will get bigger. So then when it does have its ebbs and flows, it's just like the core just gets bigger. So then when there are ebbs and flows, but, you know, it'll just get really big and then it'll just be nice like you know not too small and then really big really big and then a little bit less like you know what I mean so it's not going to be as um the core group will just keep getting bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. and I know that's the whole idea of it in this area um it's great I mean I love the group they're sweet they're kind they're dedicated um you know, I just have, it's just being patient. And I know that all over the world teaching Mysore, you have to be patient, but I think because I'm um, Clearwater is not such like, like even compared to St. Pete and Tampa, it's not as um, maybe progressive or young or um, city-like. So it takes its time and it's a little bit more laid back. So we got like the laid back students a lot here, which is fine. And the older students, which is great too. I learned so much through them. But so, yeah, so it's at Yoga Village and Monday through Friday, it's a place for you to learn the postures, um, go deep into your practice. I teach you uh, posture by posture. And when you do have an established practice, you just get on your mat as much as you can. And I'm there to guide you, to get you deeper, to advance you if needed. If you have any questions, if you have any injuries, I'm there to help out. Um adjusting your practice for your body and your best interests. Yeah. And I just want to kind of clarify too, because as a student, you know, really you get to show up when you get to show up between, like she said, between six and eight, you show up, you put your mat down and you start your practice with whatever you've already. And if you're brand new, then she comes over, she will guide you into sun salutation A and she'll have you repeat that and move into that and watch you as you do it to see how your alignment is. And then she actually gives you the next posture as she feels that you're ready to memorize it. So it's a beautiful practice because I feel like it's an individual practice, which I'm all about individual individuality, but yet it's in a group. Mm -hmm. So it's also collective connecting in a group. You're doing your own thing, your own like you're doing Surya Namaskar A and the other person is already in backbending, right? Mm-hmm. So you're next to people just breathing and just yeah. connecting and you don't know if the person next to you, what they do. You don't know if they have kids. You don't know any of that, but you're just in that space, in an individual, in your own practice, but collective in that energy. And then you have the guidance of Heather that can help support you in making sure you're in alignment and going deeper into things, which is something that I always really loved about the practice. And I, I actually live life that way. Mm-hmm. I really am 
individual, but then collective. How can we make this on a collective yeah. level? Um, so I actually envision like even coaching and everything in, in the style of Mysore. <laughs> it's so yeah. funny of yoga, you know, awesome, yeah. um, because we all have our individual energies, mm-hmm. but yet we're all connected. Exactly. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. I like the yeah. way of how you worded that. Yeah. So, and I didn't mention that before, but it is like a private in a group setting. Definitely. Everyone has their own self-practice, but like you said, we're all together doing it together. Different practices, different times, but together. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I will say too, it's in Clearwater, Florida. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are not in Clearwater, Florida, you're in England or wherever you are, you know, a lot of people actually come and travel to practice with they teachers. Do. Yeah. I have had a lot of, a lot of uh, teachers or practitioners that have come to visit for sure. Yes. It's a great place to come visit because it's so beautiful here. Yeah. So we do have a lot of traveling students. And it's like uh, they can really dive in when yeah. you're not at home and you don't have all the expectations. Mm-hmm. You just need to dive into the practice, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So if you guys are listening and you're wondering what this is and you're feeling connected, you can always just travel and make it a weekend or make it a week mm-hmm. where you get to learn. So that's a beautiful experience too. And you mentioned that you are a reflector. So we will go deeper into that. Um, but I would love to just ask one question in that. How do you feel like being a reflector has really supported you in being a Mysore teacher? Okay. That's a great question. Um, many ways. I think it's what makes me, what makes me, um, a good teacher. (laughs) I didn't want to say a good teacher, but that's what helps me be connected with my students because I am a a reflector. I, I didn't know that's what I was before. I just knew that I could read people well, that's what I felt like it was, or that I could feel them, or I knew what they were thinking or feeling. So intuitive, right? That's what I would, that's what I've always been. I consider myself an intuitive teacher. And so that's helped a lot. And I think the way I break it down when I teach, like, I can't really explain it. Like I'm learned teaching someone how to assist. Um, She's assisting me. And, uh, and, and of course it's just experience. I keep telling her, Denise, it's just experience, but you have to eventually you, when you're adjusting them, it's not really about adjusting them. It's, you feel them, like you connect with them and then you feel them out. So in that way, I think it helped me because I, I got that quick. I didn't have to really work hard on that part. Right. I had that already without knowing where it was coming from or why. Um, so I think also a lot of people feel comfortable with me. Um, so that helps. Like, it's just like, we connect fast. And I think because I'm a reflector, maybe I'm reflecting them or, you know, we're, we're just, we're from my understanding, that's like, I just kind of like make them feel comfortable because I can be kind of like them that energetically, like I kind of become them in that moment. And so we're bouncing off each other. Um, and, um, that helps, I think the student feel comfortable. Um, which then helps me be a good teacher as well. Cause I want my students to be comfortable. Yeah. So intuition, feeling, and yeah, connecting with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it truly is. You're like a mirror. So you exactly. take in the energy and you can really read them and then mm-hmm. they can, they feel that, that connection. They feel like that, the scene, 
Yes. They yeah. feel like trusting, you know, yeah. there's that rapport. Yeah. So, and it's great that you're a, reflect, a reflector in what you do because you are able to learn from everybody mm-hmm. because you're able to take in the energy and sample it. We say reflectors sample the energy yeah. of the people and you learn from that. So you're not only helping others learn and get into their bodies and release things from their cells, but you get to learn through every connection too, which as like uh, personal growth junkies, I think that's something we always want to do. Right, definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when you think of, um, I always ask this because this is provoking prosperity. So mm-hmm. the reason I chose that is, is because of my uh, unconscious son, which is um, the gate 39, which is provoc- provoking. Mm-hmm. So all my life, I've actually provoked people and I didn't realize why. And it was something I really hid from because I was like, what the heck? I, like <laughs> things I say to people, they get pissed off here. Yeah. But now I realize that's actually the energy. I'm here to provoke people so that they step into the uncomfortable so right. that they actually can see a different perspective and also to see if they're in alignment with me, mm-hmm. to see if, you know, it's a good connection. So when you think of provoking prosperity yeah. and prosperity as a whole, what comes up for you and how are you provoking the social norms of prosperity? So how am I provoking others or myself or both? The way that you are in life. Okay. <laughs> Or both. I think, okay, so prosperity to me is abundance. It's um in, in many ways. So it, prosperity is not just, I think a lot of people think of prosperity as financial or wealth. And yes, I think of that, but I think prosperity in abundance in every way, um, health, love, happiness, joy, peace, um, feeling free, freedom just feeling like at peace and at and free. Um, that to me is prosperity. Provoking. So provoking to me is like what you said, how you, about yourself. So how do I provoke prosperity or how do I, who I'm always, I think because I'm always seeking, like my boyfriend tells, I actually learned through my boyfriend a lot of this stuff because he's my, he's reflecting back some stuff, you know, to me. Um, he's like, Heather, just because something happened doesn't mean you have to analyze everything and figure out where it came from, because I'm constantly provoking myself to be that better version of myself. And but I'm not doing it in a mean way or in a hard way. I just look at it in a logical way using spirituality. It's very interesting. But like I'll look at things as data or information. Like if something appears to me that I don't really like or I don't like the way I'm feeling or something, I Sometimes I'll get caught up and I'll get upset about it. But after that, (laughs) I'll be like, okay, well, what's that show? It's just an illusion or this is just data for me. What can I learn from this so that I can overcome this and this won't happen again? So for me, I think like I'm always provoking myself. Every opportunity to me, everything is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Everything, even if I don't like especially the the discomfort or the undesirable things. Those are big time opportunities of growth. So everything to me, I see every little detail as an opportunity for growth, as an opportunity to self, as an opportunity to release that layer, to get to that place of peace, love, 
And then, I mean, my boyfriend be like, well, are you, when are you, what if you're already there and you just think you're not there? And I'm like, no, I am there. But because we have all these things on us, I have to like, you know, release. So I think, and I think I provoked on others too, because I'm doing that with myself. So then of course I'm going to be doing it. Anybody involved with me and students, like I, my energy is going to reflect back off or they're going to feel that energy. Or I might say something to them, like when they say, I can't do this. And like, well, if you keep saying that, you're not going to be able to do it. So that's a a type of provoking, like I'm provoking something in their life. My posts sometimes, like things I put out there, I think I'm constantly provoking some type of, in a way, I guess, now that I looked at it, I never looked at it this way, of provoking prosperity. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I don't know if if it's coming out right. Well, like it's, um, you have a different, you're have a different way of being, you have a different perspective in the social norms of, and you provoke that by being authentic, by being who you are, by constantly going inward. So I'm going to put you on the spot and it's okay. I still love you. Whatever you say. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 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 I'm going to let you provoke me right now. So. I went, I want you to provoke me on my own practice on how I went and I was like, oh my gosh, this feels great in my back. And now my shoulder, I can't lift up my arm. So you know what? I don't want to get up at 6am and I'm not coming. Yeah. I mean, I heard it all though. So, (laughs) (laughs) and I totally understand it's six in the morning. It's like, yeah, sometimes I ask myself, what am I doing waking up every day? But so I didn't, so what did I feel? from you like yeah. what did I get from it yeah I did, I only, because I only saw you once it doesn't I didn't really think too hard about it and I didn't I don't really I didn't really put much thoughts but now that I'm thinking about it let me think I I know that I know you have a beautiful practice oh you do and like you and then you've told me like your past like what you posture you're going up to So I think also, and also I know you have your injuries, right? You have a lot going on. You have children, you have this, your your business, you have so much going on that I think adding 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. is a lot more pressure and a lot more energy and a lot more everything, right? So I can be understanding. I'm totally understand. Like, it's like, well, I don't want to say the practice isn't your priority, but you have so many other things and you also have to take care of yourself. Like you can't push yourself because I think your personality is wanting to push yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's probably why in the past you've injured yourself. Um, so it's like, remember I was saying phases. It's like, it's okay. Yeah. You still have a connection with the practice. You still do mindfulness exercises and maybe I think you still practice with some, some sort of practice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's all that matters. Yeah. So I didn't think about, I thought about it more as in like her phase in life. Well, mm-hmm. I truly appreciate that because, you know, like Ashtanga is, is used to being hardcore. Like this is the way you need to be. I used to. And be then that. because of that, it's not like that anymore. Yeah. And now it's because um, I still love the practice. Like when I do, like, I just did the practice yesterday, a little bit of a practice yesterday. And I was like, oh, this feels so amazing. But I do miss the teacher. And I yeah. wish that you did it in evenings. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm starting to too. It's, I mean, the 6 a.m. is hard, but 
it's also nice too, because then you're done. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So what would you uh, give or what do you want to say for those that are interested in learning about Ashtanga and what it is? So Ashtanga, it's just, it's you. For those that are wanting, of course, you can get a physical practice. You can super flexible and super and strong with the Ashtanga practice. It's a very physical or it can be a very physical practice. You make it what you want it to be. But it's also for everyone, even those that are not like the old, like older students or um, anyone with injuries or people that they say they're too tight or not strong enough. It doesn't matter. It's we that we make the posture, the postures. Yes, the postures, but the practice around you, we built around you. And I say we as in teacher student. So we build a relationship together, me and the student Parampara, it's called in Sanskrit. And we go through it together so that you have a great practice where you're going to deepen your asana practice, your physical practice, your yoga uh, postures. But more importantly, you're going to connect with breath. You're going to connect with mind and soul. You're going to go deeper. You're going to learn more about your body, about yourself, bringing body awareness. In this practice, you can take anywhere around with you in the world. Like you can, even if you don't feel like coming into class, but you still want to get on your mat, you can do it. Uh, you can go travel around the world and find a studio somewhere and practice. You can go practice in your hotel. The practice will be with you no matter what, once you have an established practice. Um, and it's I, it's for everyone, definitely. Even those that don't really want it to be a spiritual practice, it's very physical. So you'll get everything you want in this practice. There's it focuses on every part of your body and every aspect, strength, flexibility, back. Uh, hamstrings. I mean, everything. So you, it is a very physical practice. Um, but I also, from what I've seen, it seems to be people that really either want or like discipline, like they need it. They know they need it. And those are the ones that really like, like they, the ones that like to go to the gym every day or the ones that like to wake up early and do a workout uh, very, or people that are wanting that because they know that it's something they need in their life. Also, those that um, like yoga, but they want a little bit more depth to it, not the other yoga practices that don't have depth, but because you're getting on your mat every day, I think it's easier to find, um, connect with more of a spiritual or deeper like soul connection with this practice. Um, those, this is a great place to find that in your, in, in Ashtanga, in a Mysore, especially in a Mysore setting, in a Mysore method, um, you go deeper beyond yoga poses, just more of a meditation. That's what I forgot to mention before. This practice is a form of meditation because you're connected with breath, bandhas. Again, those are energy locks, your yoga posture, and just connecting inward. Like you said, like it's your individual practice, but in a group setting. So you're not alone, but you're within, like you're focusing inward. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really cool, cool practice. It is. It's really beautiful. And I'm going to end it with this and we'll talk about this in the other part because uh, we will be going to your chart. Um, for a lot of the people that I work with, we talk about deconditioning mm-hmm. and conditioning of social norms of who we think we should be and what we should be doing and how much money we should be making and all of these things. So on the next one, before we dive into your actual chart, um, I do want to touch on... Um, what, how you feel this, how this helps with deconditioning. So we will go into that before we go into the chart and then we'll tie into your chart. 
Okay. Yep. So thank you, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. I hope that you've walked away with something. I hope that you reach out to Heather. I have all of the information in the show notes. And stay tuned for Thursday because we're going to go into her chart. She is the 1%, which is a reflector. So definitely tune into that. And thank you again. Thank you for being here. My hope is that you walked away with something today that has opened your mind, your heart, or both. Listening to new perspectives not only help you grow and expand, but it helps humanity as a whole. So if you have someone that you feel would benefit from this podcast and you feel that you want to share, please do. Also, would love to connect with you on Instagram. So please follow me at Miranda J. Mitchell. One last thing, if this episode left you with any ahas and insights, take 30 seconds of your time and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way I know you are loving the content and connection in this space. And if you want to know more or wondering how we can work together, please go to Miranda-Mitchell.com. Click on the contact in the menu and send me a message. Sending you all love. Till next time.